Hey, what's up everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Banger Committee Podcast. So today I have the usual guys with me. I have Siva, Leon and Chris. What's up guys? What's up, what's Alright, so we are six game weeks into the Premier League. It's been a weird season so far. How weird is it? Let me tell you. Out of the traditional big six, only one of them are in the top eight currently. That is... It's pretty weird, man. Yeah, that's how weird the Premier League is this season, man. I, I think this is entertaining, like, for the Premier League. Because the big six not being in the top eight, as you said, is kind of strange, but yet refreshing at the same time. Because it's nice to see more open-ended competitions with... Yeah, Everton and Aston Villa had a great start, but then they got battered over the weekend, which is also great to see. So I think it's it's up for grabs. I think that's the beauty of the Premier League, right? It's a tough league. Everyone can win, everyone can lose. So to me, it was a good a good weekend for the neutrals. Siva, what do you think about the the big teams? Like, you know, Chelsea being 9th, Arsenal being 10th, City being 13th. I think United doing okay, you know, 15th, having spent no money at all. You know, that's that's pretty okay, I think. They've spent less money than Newcastle this season. They're just behind Newcastle. They're one point behind. So they're doing okay. I have high hopes for United to get maybe top 10 this season. <laughs> I think Ole's at the wheel, man. Chelsea spent the equivalent of a country's GDP <laughs> and are still behind. What do you make of that? Let's ask. No, let's not ask the Chelsea fans. <laughs> Why let's not? Ask... I'm dying to answer this. <laughs> okay, go on, go on, Lee. Go on, Lee. Explain yourself. No, no, no. It's okay, it's okay. Someone else, someone non Chelsea. Leon's answer, I will tell you Leon's answer now because I've I've been listening to some of these pods and I've sort of understood where Leon comes from. Because the first few pods we recorded, everyone kept telling me, you know, Leon sounds so reasonable, so articulate. Yours should be more like him. And I thought maybe we need to be more reasonable. When I listened to him, I realized that Leon has in these pods, he has stated, and I will summarize now, he has said that David Luiz, good defender. He has said John Obi Mikel, class talent. I still stand by what I say, but so that is Leon's views in Chelsea Samurai. So, I, so I'll tell you, I'll tell, sum up for you now what Leon's going to tell us about Chelsea, okay? Because Leon, Leon, much like Lampard, says the same thing every week. If you're going to tell us what Leon's going to say, you got to do a Leon impression. Yeah, do it, man. First half, we did okay. You know, we, we sort of, we, we controlled the game. You know, we didn't let United have that many chances. Second half, of course, we have to pull back a bit because, you know, we played 90 minutes in Europe midweek. And Lampard is, you know, he's it's a team in progress, right? So we took off the Germans a bit early, 20 minutes to go. Bring on Mason Mount, Tammy, that English youth, you know, that's from there, from last season, still there. I think we just need to give Lampard time, you know, because Lampard, Lampard knows these players. He's worked with them for so long. He's Chelsea through and through. You know, you just give him time and he will get all of these players matched in together. It doesn't matter that he's leaving Giroud, World Cup winner on the bench. doesn't matter that, you know, he's playing a back five one week, a back four one week doesn't matter that he's brought Peter Cech out of retirement. Peter Cech, that experience is there. It's good. It will help all the other keepers learn. So I think Chelsea, you know, top four, pretty good this season. I think they'll do okay. <laughs> that's, that's great views, Leon. Thanks for that. <laughs> that was good. Man. That was good. Okay, so with all the weirdness that's going on in the Premier League now, let's hear your predictions on who's going to win it. This is the first time since 2006 that a team outside of the traditional uh, big six, so to speak, is leading the league at this stage, okay? So it's the first time since, I think, Portsmouth in 06, right? 
And right now, Everton's leading the league. I think we all agree Everton's not going to win the league. Okay, so I actually think, long shot, but I think Leicester City. Leicester City have a very simple way of playing the game. Every week, they sort of, you know, they've got one plan. Pass to Jamie Vardy, let him shoot. And that works, you know. They won again on the weekend. I really think Leicester City, who won the league a few seasons ago, they're ready to go again. I think Brandon Rogers really wants that title. He, he, he came so close previously. And I think they can do it this season. Okay, it's quite a good shout, actually. Okay, so let's make it more realistic. Not who win, but um, which of the teams outside of the big six do you think will finish the highest? So I guess Siva's bet is on Leicester. Everton have a good shout for it because I think if they keep their first team fit and avoid suspensions, I think they will have a good run. Um, and Carlo Angelotti, I rate the guy as a manager. I think I've mentioned it over the past few ports. And I really rate Everton's squad. If they can beef up their centre-back position and they can beef up a little bit in the midfield in the January transfer window, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they break into the top six or even even threaten for a top four. So yeah, I definitely think that Everton have a really, really strong case this year. That's a good shout. You mentioned to beef up the positions, but you didn't mention goalkeeper. What do you think of Pickford? To be very fair, right? I think no team is keeping good a good run of clean sheets, you know, this season. So, you know, I I guess Pickford will do. But you know, I don't see any particular keeper is doing extremely well now anyway. Before we move on, let's hear Leon speak for which team outside of the traditional big six will finish the highest? I think I think Siva and Chris pretty much covered the 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 likely two. My money is on Everton. I think I agree exactly completely what what Chris said. If Carlo and Sigurdi can keep his team healthy for the entire season, um, and also stop getting red cards because they are pretty dirty like that, they have a good chance to break the the top four. I mean, they have really quality players like James Rodriguez. He's just pulling the strings, but. When you lose people like Richarlison and Dinier on red cards, you're going to lose that attacking outlet and Hamas is just going to have lesser op- options to pass when he, when he's going forward. So, But my money is on Everton, I think, if there is a team outside the traditional six to break in the top four. You mentioned about um, Richarlison having a red card, Dinier having yeah. a red card. I mean, it's it's very uncharacteristic though for, for Ancelotti's side because... When Ancelotti used to manage Chelsea, he's, we've never really seen that kind of a uh, dirty team, so to speak. I don't think Everton are outright dirty. It's just, I think Pickford, that was a silly challenge. I don't think he had too much of uh, ill intention when he was going for it. Dini as well, I think, you know, the commentator, if you, if you heard it over the weekend, he's, he's all like, oh, it's too harsh. He didn't do it on purpose. But the way I see it, like Dini actually like kept his foot on, on the... Who was it? Carl Walker-Peters, right? He was just like stomping his foot there. He was holding it in and it looks really dangerous. I don't, I don't think they're outright dirty. I really don't. It's just that maybe they're just fighting with a lot of passion now. They're losing a lot of their key players. They're getting a bit frustrated and it's just getting the better of them. So it's it's up to the players to really keep that in check. So let's go back to the, the challenge that we were talking about. You know, the big news that was out uh, Van Dijk is injured for a long time. Thor, his ACL might be, you know, out till the n- next season. And, you know, there are people, there are Liverpool fans calling for Pickford to be out until Van Dijk is back. It's becoming like gymnastics, you know? Like, you, you, can't, you can't touch someone else. You can't challenge someone else. Every touch is a red card. It's a penalty. You know, you touch someone, it's a penalty. You touch the ball, also a penalty. Remember the 90s, guys. Remember the 90s when Roy Keane and Vieira and 
Uh, who, okay, to be fair, Chelsea doesn't have anybody. Like Michael Lele, yeah, yeah, Michael Lele. People just sliding in, man. People are stumping on feet. Like, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's a physical sport. It's not like bowling. You know, it's you, you, going to become lawn bowling after this. You know, yeah, okay, what happened to Van Dijk is unfortunate. But what do you expect Pickford to do? To not go for the ball? He needs to go for the ball. He's, I mean, it's unfortunate that it happened. Yeah, probably it was a red card. But I wouldn't want Pickford to do anything else other than go for the ball. You know what I mean? It's just what it is. It's, it's collateral damage. It's what football ought to be. Physical. Okay, so since, you know, journalists, not journalists, but people online are saying, you know, Pickford should be banned until Van Dyke returns, which is just stupid. That's just a stupid punishment. But there are alternative punishments that you could have. I think Pickford should have been sent to the sin bin. And so basically, Everton would play without a keeper for about 10 minutes or so. Ice hockey uh, teams have the option of taking off the keeper and bringing on an outfield player to try and score a goal. So they play with an empty net and they pray they don't concede. That's exactly, Chris is, I think, right on the money here. That is the perfect consequence. Don't send off Jordan Pickford. You know, I take it back because, you know, then that the whole game is played with 10 men. But for 10 minutes, make Everton play with no keeper at all and let Liverpool take as many shots as they want. That is the ultimate punishment. You do that, no keeper will ever try. And yeah, but what, what do you think of again? the ice ho- building on the ice hockey concept? What do you think <laughs> of having a brawl straight up after, like, you know, like, you know, like straight up one on one brawl for 10 minutes? No cards. How do you initiate this brawl though? Like, do you, is there a specific time, like 66 minutes? Is it like the purge, right? After this minute, all crimes like, are legal. I guess the referee has to be in charge of that, that though. One minute, punch each other, <laughs> and then we're done. I think they should make Pickford handle uh, Van Dyke's physio. <laughs> like, you know, Pickford needs to go and visit Van Dyke every day at the hospital. Yeah, I have to stay there every night, you know? <laughs> This is, this is ridiculous. This is not a football <laughs> Okay, fine, fine. Let's go back to football, okay? So, yeah, the injury was bad for Van Dyke. We feel sorry, you know. Let's move on okay. to the best team in the EPL right now, Manchester United. So, you know, United, they beat PSG in the midweek, uh, in last week's Champions League game. Beat them 2-1 against all odds. Dude, whoever said that Solskjaer got no tactics, like, what were you talking about, huh? Siva a few weeks ago, Solskjaer doesn't have tactics. Against Chelsea, he suddenly brought on Paul Pogba on the left wing. Dude, that's tactics, mate. He's, 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 he's getting us into game. Yeah, for whoever who's talking about Solskjaer, doesn't know how to change his team, doesn't know how to do... Dude, think about it, man. He started with Cavani, Greenwood, Van Der Beek, all on the bench. You tell me, if that's not tactics, what is it? <laughs> and by the way, Bisaka, what? Bro, Bisaka is Bisaka, mate. Whew. The guy is scissors tackling everybody. He's like a Spider-Man, man. The guy is top. I think he's good. He's better than Trent defensively. Way better than Trent defensively. I mean, Kyle Walker a bit difficult. But you know what? His tackling is way better than Kyle Walker as well. So I think he should be at least in the England squad for, you know, one or two of the games at least. Like, he should at least break into the England squad. So anyone who says that Solskjaer got no tactics, huh? Zip it! I will defer to Chris. You know, I will let him have this one. Solskjaer <laughs> did do well. Did win in in Paris. He could have won against Chelsea over the weekend, but unfortunately, he was faced with Frank Catenaccio Lampard, who decided that after spending $250 million on buying a new attack, won't attack, which is a very interesting strategy, I thought. Chelsea, I mean, United, okay, but we've had well-documented mm. issues this transfer window, so you can't say too much if we didn't attack well. Chelsea, on the other hand... Chelsea, we looked alright in the first half. We did look, oh man, now I'm sounding like Siva because he just imitated me. I feel very insecure now about the way I speak. But 
I think Chelsea played well, honestly. I think they did play well at some point. Uh, to, the last 20 minutes was for United to win the game. I think after Harry Maguire decided to be a Khabib in UFC and like take Aspi Quetta down, that was basically our best. Yeah, quite fair, quite fair if we were in the UFC. We, but that's it, right? I'm not, too, I'm not too pissed about that because I think that would have been something that's given to us, not something we actually deserve. I would have much preferred if we actually won it by merit. Won it with that 250 million worth of attack. Not going to lie, it, it, it didn't look very impressive. They started with a 5-2-3. We didn't get to see that fall with Ziyech. So we only saw Timo, Kai, and Pulisic. I mean, Kai, Havertz, and Timo Werner, felt, I felt like they were just playing between themselves. They weren't really involving Christian Pulisic. But honestly, Christian Pulisic has always been the sheriff of Stamford Bridge since last season. So they have to get him involved. They're not getting him involved enough. And that's where we, we lost out. Okay, I'm going to argue, Leon, that the reason why they couldn't pass to Pulisic and couldn't get him involved was because one Visaka was marking him out of the game, man. He was so deep in one Visaka's pocket, he couldn't do anything. One Visaka had a great game. Not gonna lie. He defensively, he was the best fullback in that game. And probably one of the better fullback performances I've seen this season as well. They, they, one Visaka was great. But I, I don't, you, that wasn't the, the case. Like, really, it, was, it wasn't just him. Because Pulisic was quite uh, flexible. He was going from left, he was going to right. And I still remember this passage of play haunt me in my dreams. I don't know why Werner didn't make that pass. He, Pulisic was free, Werner didn't pass. Werner and Kai Havertz are like playing balls between themselves, like some German party going on. Maybe it's like Oktoberfest or something. But honestly, it, it was bad. They still need a lot of time. So I'm going to give this one to United. They should have won the game. They were the better team. If you're going to talk about a passage of play that gives you nightmares, you should be talking about Mandy almost passing it straight into his own net, uh... man. You know, the funny thing is I actually didn't see that part. I don't know why. But but speaking of Mandy, Mandy is a great positive takeaway from this game. I, I think he was... I'm not sure if he was the man of the match for that game, but I, I saw it on Chelsea. He was Chelsea's man of the match. And Mandy played great. That save from Rashford was beautiful. I think United had quite a, two or three shots that were actually quite threatening. If it was Kepa, Kepa would have just watched the goal, the ball walked into the net. So I'm really glad... Mendy is doing really well. I hope he maintains. And Thiago Silva, come on, guys, you gotta give me that. I was standing by Thiago Silva since the start of our pod, and he produced. He produced today. He produced in that game. Thiago, Thiago plays it. well in the back three. He plays well in the back three. Yeah, okay, fair enough. We'll start from there. Eventually, you'll say he plays well in the back too. So, see, Chris, watch it, mate. Okay, okay. Let's talk about the biggest fixture this upcoming week Arsenal versus United. The English El Clasico. Like like 15 years ago, is it? <laughs> it is nice, you know, because whenever Arsenal play United, it always reminds me of how I became an Arsenal fan. You know, all my friends were United fans. I, and I didn't want to follow the crowd. I didn't want to be the same as everybody, you know. So I wanted to be an Arsenal fan. And I remember the days of waking up at, you know, late at night to watch the games, watching Thierry Henry, Sylvain Wiltord, Robert Perez. And it, it always makes me feel nostalgic. And then it makes me feel sad because I watch how both of these teams, you know, both Arsenal and United have fallen so far that when we talk about who's going to win the league this season, no one, you know, can say with a straight face, United or Arsenal. We're talking about Liverpool and City. And it's just sad, man. It just, it just you know, I, I ache for the days where I took it for granted, you know, every season we're going to be challenging for the title. And now it's, it's all gone. Agreed. As a United fan, I think we all understand how you feel. 
Yeah, those are good times, man. Back in our high school days where we used to have uh, rivalries between our teams. We used to have uh, the debate whether who was who was better, Henry or Van Nistroy. Roy Keane or... Vieira. <laughs> <laughs> Roy Keane yeah. or Mekalele. <laughs> yeah. Roy Keane or Vieira. Uh, you know what I really miss about the Arsenal United game? It's actually the intensity, you know. They were warriors. They were yeah. warriors going on the field. I, I was just watching the highlights of the United-Arsenal game. I can't remember which year it was. But it was the year when Vieira got sent off for attempting to assault Venezuela with his flying kick. He got a red card and then Venezuela had a penalty in the final minute. And then he missed the penalty and then Martin Keon assaulted Venezuela after the final. Said, that is Arsenal United, you know. Pizza's flying in the in the tunnel, you know, that the intensity, I think professionalism and money sort of took out that sort of real raw working class smell like chlorophyll players from the game. So everyone's just playing because they, as a profession, they work for a club and they're playing for their club instead of, they don't really represent the passion and the badge when they walk out on the field. I think you can really see that in United and Arsenal. Actually, in all teams these days, it's become more of a professional sport than a genuine, passionate sort of sport, if you know what I mean. When we were talking about what we're going to talk about today, and I was thinking about United-Arsenal, the first match I think about is that match at Old Trafford, you know, back in 2003, where they had the fight and uh, Van Nistelrooy misses the penalty and all the Arsenal players jump on him the moment the final whistle goes. And people forget that because that season, after that match, Lauren, who was right in Van Nistelrooy's face, got a four-match ban. Keown got a three-match ban. Vieira got a ban. Jens Lehmann got fined. Half of the Arsenal team was suspended for the next game. And Arsenal won the title that season. That was the invincible season. A lot of people talk about the invincibles and they say, oh, Arsenal were a great team to watch. But at its core, Arsenal were just a tough, solid team. You would never see Skodran Mustafi or even, all due respect, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is not going to get into Juan Bisaka's face and shout at him, you know. That's just never going to happen. We've lost that. Both of these teams have become, for lack of a better word, they've become soft. Yeah, and I think like Chris said, it's not only United and Arsenal, but pretty much almost all the Premier League teams has kind of gone soft. I think in the Championship, you still kind of get that, that raw intensity and passion. But in the Premier League, with millions of viewers watching you from all over the world, maybe it kind of intimidates you a bit, makes you a bit more so-called professional. Leon, do you have anything to add to this conversation? No, I mean, I have great memories as well. I mean, hearing you guys talk about United, Arsenal, it does bring back great memories from, from the past because... For those of you who don't know, I, I actually, for a brief period of time, used to watch a lot of United games because I was a huge David Beckham fan. And uh, went on to to obviously like players like Venice Troy, Roy Keane, Paul Scholes. So I remember exactly all those games. Sometimes I find myself watching old videos of that on YouTube. Just a good old rivalry between Arsenal and United. And exactly what the boys have said. We, we sometimes I think the game's gone soft. We have to bring some of the passion back. I think VAR has really put everyone sort of on like a tiptoe. We Obviously, it had a noble cause, right? To try and fix big errors. But now it's causing an error on its own. It's it's making the game soft. Like whenever there's like a tiny little challenge, it's a foul. When there's a little spat, it's a red card. So, you know, these games like those are, are should be used as reference to, you know, bring, bring back the passion. Okay, since we're all reminiscing about the past, talking about the good old glory days of United and Arsenal. Let's put together our all-time Arsenal-United. And for the sake of inclusivity, 
we're gonna let Leon have some Chelsea players <laughs> in. No, no, there is a reasoning. It's not just inclusivity, but Arsenal United were the original, or not original, but the ones that to us were the original El- English El Clasico. After that was Chelsea and United. They were the two biggest teams once Arsenal started to decline a little bit. And coincidentally, United played Chelsea last week. They're going to play Arsenal this week. So it all ties in together. Let's have our 11 Arsenal-Chelsea-United combined. All-time Premier League 11. So I'm going to start with the goalkeeper. Can't look any further than Peter Schmeichel. Chelsea had great keeper. You got Peter Cech. Arsenal had Peter Cech. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a great one. Within United, we've had good keepers, man. We've had Van der Sar, we've had Fabian Bates. We have De Gea now, who you could say at, at his prime was, was one of the best we ever had. But just all time, I think you can't look any further than Schmeichel. David Seaman, you want to contend with that? No, not after what he did at the World Cup against Ronaldinho. Not a Premier League match, but man, un- unforgivable. I remember as a kid, you know, England fan watching David Seaman let that free kick in. No, man, it's like L1 and free kick on FIFA and he let it in. Crazy. What about Jens Lehmann, Siva? Jens, Jens Lehmann was quality, mate. No, mate. Jens Lehmann lost us the 2006 Champions League final. <laughs> we got there. We worked so hard. We, if you speak to an Arsenal fan, they'll talk to you about that every day because that was the year we beat Madrid. We got to the final. We did everything. We beat Madrid at the Bernabeu. And then in the final, this idiot rushes out, lunges into Ludovic Guili with 20 minutes into the match and he gets sent off. Oh. And we lost that final 2-1. And a few days ago, Wenger, he's written his biography. He's 70 plus now. He's talking about his career. And people ask him, what is the one regret you have? And he says, not winning the Champions League. Yikes. Okay, so are we decided then? Are we um, united? No, what's the word? <laughs> are we... <laughs> I guess we're united. Have we all unanimously accepted Schmeichel as our keeper? I'm good with that. I'm good with that. I think so. Yeah. I, if if not for anything, for the fact that not only did he win the title, he then raised a son who won the Premier League oh, title. Yeah. I mean, just slow clap for that. Yeah, yeah. Alright, alright. So now we're going to move on to defenders. I'm going to leave this to Siva. Siva, give us your back four. I will start off with left back because that's pretty easy. I think we all can agree. Ashley Cole. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Ashley Cole was good for us and good for Chelsea. And I feel always never given a fair shake in the English media and the English team in general. And he was so good for us. He was he was a young kid. We brought him up. And we've just never had that kind of talent from our academy since then. You know, people talk about who have we produced since then? Walcott, Ramsey, Oxley Chamberlain. Nah, man. Ashley Cole. So, such a solid left back. Can I pivot centre back to someone else? I didn't really think about this. You can pivot it to me, mate. Let me chip in. I vaguely think I know who Leon's pick is going that's to right, be. That's right, that's right. What's that? No, no, no. It's, uh, it's David Luiz because clearly... David Luiz. <laughs> 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 we hear you, Leon. We hear you. Go on, go on. Go on no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not going to go with that. I'm not, I'm not that daft, bro. But I think if I had one pick for centre-back, come on, it's leader, legend, captain, John Terry. Enough said. I think, honestly, defence kind of picks itself, right? So, Chelsea have John Terry. And I think it's um, unanimously decided that the others should be Ferdinand or Vidic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Pretty similar with the, the one we had last pod, right? But I think everyone kind of accepts that they are the best you know, centre-backs that the Premier League has ever yeah. seen of all time. Siva, since this is your section, we're kind of interrupting you. You pick. Who would you go between um, Vidic Ferdinand? I think you go Rio. Rio 
was in the Premier League for longer than Vidic. Didn't just play at United, also played at West Ham, played at Leeds. Consistent, solid. QPR, you forgot QPR. If we were solely basing this on his QPR time, he wouldn't get anywhere near the squad. <laughs> okay, we'd have Jesper Blomqvist and Frank Leboeuf, okay, before we get to Ferdinand. But now, nah, man, Ferdinand, I, I will accept that as a solid pick. I think Arsenal centre-backs of the time would have been someone like Sol Campbell, who was good, but probably was never ahead of Rio. So I would take Rio. Yeah, Tony Adams. We did have Tony Adams. And Tony Adams was great. You know, everything that Leon said about John Terry, you could apply to Tony Adams. Mm-hmm. Leader, inspirational figure. But never really had the same sort of success at a, a European level. Tony Adams never even came close to a Champions League success. Whereas Terry won the Champions League, won the Premier League mm-hmm. title. Tony Adams had personal issues as well, which sort of affected him. So I would say Terry and Ferdinand is a fair shot. Okay, so we are down to our last defensive position, the right back. Siva, who you got? What about this guy? You know, he's he's the brother of another United defender. He's always been consistent, uh, gives good opinions now on TV. Also showed some coaching chops as well. I think, you know, one day maybe a potential United manager. I would say Phil Neville. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, Phil Neville is not a right back. Uh, no, mate. He, Phil Neville played right back for Everton. I'll, I'll have you know. <laughs> In fact, Phil Neville better than Gary, I, I think some would say, because Gary Neville played at United, never went anywhere else, never tested himself. Phil Neville played under Alex Ferguson, did well. Then, you know what? I want to challenge myself. I'll play under another great Scottish manager, David Moyes. Played under Moyes. And he's learned from there. Now he's coaching England women. I think he just left. He, he's do, done so much for the game. So inspirational. Playing under David Moyes. What a tactical genius, you know. David Moyes and Alex Ferguson. What more can you ask for? Phil Neville. For a while, you know, we went through three picks from Siva and I thought, oh, this might be the first week where Siva doesn't pick something stupid. <laughs> but yeah, he went Phil Neville. Chris, let me hear your thoughts on Phil Neville as a United fan. You know what? Phil Neville was a decent squad player, you know? He was like a John O'Shea or... You know, he could just play any role, but he's definitely not the best right back in the freaking league. No, nowhere close. He's basically Scott McTominay. That's about it. That's, that's, that's who he is. Scott McTominay is like your safe card, Chris. You yeah, always yeah. use Scotty T as a reference Scotty, point. Scotty T is basic player, bro. He's, I, I basic. he's basic, is it? Bang, bang average player, bro. That's it. He's, he's a Toyota, bro. Or Honda. Reliable. Reliable. Runs well. Runs a lot. But uh, can, but I, can, I, can, can I have an outside shot for the right backs? Go ahead. I, I actually do think that Aspiliqueta has got to run for it. Oh, wow. I really Chris. think Aspi is a top player. No, he's a top player. I have to give it that. He's a top player. I, I really rate Aspi a lot. Me too. Me too. I rate him as well. I think what he did this weekend was disgraceful. Trying to tackle Maguire using his head, you know, shoving his head into Maguire's chest. I thought that was despicable, but otherwise, Aspi is fine. <laughs> so I guess we settle on the defense. Okay, let's go to midfield. I'm going to give midfield to Chris. Oh, okay. Midfield. Okay, center mid, I think we cannot argue, okay? We need to have go with Kino and Vieira, man. These two monsters need to be on the field. There may be some disagreement. What formation are we playing? 4-4-2? 4-3-3 all 4-3-3, the time, bro. But we are talking about the 90s, mate. 90s play 4-4-2. If 4-3-3 means, I think in DM, I'm sorry, I have to put Roy, Roy Kino. If you're playing 4-3-3, then the pivot players, I think I'll go with Paul Scholes and Frank Lampard. Paul Scholes and Frank Lampard with Roy Keane in DM. That'll be my three. Any objections? 
I have serious objections. <laughs> I mean, Patrick Vera is the only person out of these three people Chris has mentioned who has actually won a World Cup. <laughs> you know, well, what has Frank Lampard hey. done? Frank Lampard skied hey. a penalty. What has Roy Keane done? Roy Keane played for Ireland and he walked out of a World Cup. So no, Patrick Vera all day Still more long. prems than Vera had though between Scholes and Lampard. Fair point. I, I'll be honest, I'll be completely honest. I think Vera is a better player than Roy Keane. Footballer-wise, I think Vera is a better player than Roy Keane. So I wouldn't mind sacrificing Kino for Vera. I have to disagree, actually. Because I think over time, we kind of just remember all of Roy Keane's, his tackles, his behaviour, and all these sort of aggressive things. But if you go back and watch some highlights, he is actually a very good technical player. I think we kind of forget it because we haven't really watched him play for many years. But I think he's really underrated, actually, as a technical player. No, he's I'm, a good player. He's a good player. I'm going to make this a 50-50 and back, back Siva up because I think Patrick Vieira is way more dynamic way more complete than Roy Keane. I didn't take nothing away from Roy Keane. He was, he's a beast, right? You would have him in your, in your midfield any day. But if you had to pick between the two, I think Vieira pips it just a bit for me. He is complete. He is like majestic in midfield, man. I think I can, I can go with that. I can go with Vieira. Vieira, Scholes and Lampard. Yeah, and very um, diplomatic. Let's move on to the attacking positions. Right. So, Leon? First, I'll start with Arsenal. Thierry Henry. King of the Premier League before the big money came in. I think that's Henri was just an unbelievable player. Speaking about, you know, when you guys were talking about Arsenal United rivalry back then, Thierry Henry was always at the top of it. He might have been destroyed. But Henri, again, to me, feels a bit more of the more dynamic player, more of the complete player, can basically do everything. Maybe not as dominant aerially as uh, an destroyer, but Thierry Henry is going to be my pick. I think I'll put him in the mid- in as a striker. On the left wing, I'll put Cristiano Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo's mm. output, even before he joined Madrid, he was amazing. I think he, he produced some of the best football the Premier League has ever seen. His knuckleballs, where he can shoot like 40 yards out and free kicks, the way he just commands the game on his own. And he plays it with so much style, so much swag. And there's no other player than Cristiano Ronaldo. And for my Chelsea pick, sorry King Didier, but as a winger, there's only one pick for me. It's Eden Hazard. Chelsea's most creative player in the last 20 years, probably ever. I think Eden Hazard is just is just the best. And um, there's really not much to say about it because he creates, he changes games on his own. If anything, he was at one point considered the best Premier League player for quite a couple of seasons. So to me, that's my front three. Fair, but I want to put forward a United legend, one of our best ever strikers, Dutch legend, Robbie Van Persie. Also Arsenal legend, I guess, since we are doing Arsenal United Premier League 11. Yeah, Robin's a fair shout. But, but it kind of compared to Orly, yeah, man. I can't see him displacing any of them. Who, who, would you, who would you replace him? I would take out Hazard. No offence, Leon, but you know, Hazard was good. But I think he wasn't at the level that these other three... <laughs> I've never been triggered on a pod, man. I'm actually triggered now. <laughs> you are joking, man. I, I think whoever who says that don't watch football, bro. Eden Hazard is... Bro, he, he is the best player. Let's count Messi and Ronaldo out, okay? I think when Prime Hazard was playing, he was probably the best player besides these two. And he's proven it, even in the World Cup. If you, if you guys don't really believe in the awards that much, but for what it's worth, he won the silver ball, second best player in the world, so-called. 
I don't know. Okay, if you actually think Van Persie is a better player than Eden Hazard, then we can agree to disagree. I'm very surprised that on a podcast with two United fans, nobody mentioned Ryan Giggs. Because if we talk about left-wingers in the Premier League, even as an Arsenal fan, I remember that goal that Ryan Giggs scored against us in the FA Cup semi-final. Ryan Giggs, so consistent, was winning Premier Leagues basically from the time we were born, you know, until what, 10 plus years later. And he did all that while, you know, having some extracurricular activities as well, which he kept very quiet about. You're talking about, so, you're talking about the yoga, yes, right? Yes, I'm talking about the yoga. So to manage all that, you know, and he and also he played for Wales with some distinction, you know, took them to some European qualifiers. Uh, never got to a tournament, but that's okay. Ryan Giggs, I, I'm very surprised that none of you have mentioned Ryan Giggs. And obviously, if you were to talk to any person about Ryan Giggs versus Eden Hazard, not a contest. Nobody is talking about Eden Hazard. The only thing Eden Hazard did that is memorable was kicking a ball boy. In Swansea, that's about it. I, I mean, I do agree with you, Siva. Yeah, we did not mention Giggs, which is a travesty in itself. Seeing how he's probably out of every player we could pick, he probably played the longest. So, so Ryan Giggs right? on the left, Ronaldo on the right, and Van Persie down the middle? <laughs> oh no, Chris, what do you think? <laughs> no, I think Henry needs to be there. I mean, I, I, I can vouch for Hazard's quality. I think the only thing we... Are not have not seen yet is Hazard ending his career. We we players like Henri and we players like um, Ryan Giggs. They have actually played throughout their careers, and we can see their legacy throughout. I think Hazard is competing against players who have played throughout their career. I think that's not fair on Hazard. I think Hazard has a lot more to offer. So I guess that part of it, but he's not in the prem anymore. So I guess I guess that's a shame. But the legacy wise, then I guess that it makes sense to have Ryan Giggs and Henri there. So I think we're quite decided. Henry as our striker, Giggs on the left, and um, who was on the right? Ronaldo was on the right. Leon, can you accept this? Yeah, I guess. We'll put Hazard first on the bench. How about that? <laughs> no pity picks, man. No pity picks. Okay, so there we have it. We have our combined Arsenal-Chelsea-United Premier League 11. I think this is one of the few times where we seriously picked uh, an 11, not some joking fighting 11 or some nonsense like that. So I hope you guys listening enjoyed our so-called serious podcast this week. Next week, we'll make sure it's something stupid again. We'll see you guys next episode. Ding, ding, Ciao! Ding, 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 ding. Oh, this is a thing. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, are we agreed that Avram Grant is the manager of this team? Okay. Yeah. No objective. No objective. <laughs>